Aloha, and welcome to episode 19 of the SoCo Show. I'm Seth Ott, your so-host, apparently, and with me is the co-host. You can't keep a good joke down, Seth. <laughs> Some people actually said they liked that. I can't believe it. Hey, man, uh, I'm here to please, okay? So you keep the good jokes going, and people are happy. That's all you gotta do. I know what you want to do, so go ahead. Sports! How yeah. was your weekend? You have the floor. <laughs> How was your weekend, Cody? I had I had a relatively enjoyable weekend. Yeah. Uh, some parts were better than others, but uh, in general, I would say it was like a B minus weekend. Yeah. How about you? It was pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a fun time? Had a nice, uh, nice car ride up to Minnesota. But what was even better was the the ride home, pun intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was nice. Feeling the victory of a Sunday afternoon win for the Minnesota Vikings against your Saint Nope Los Angeles Rams. You gotta get used to the LA thing, man. It's been a year and a half already. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a fun game. Uh, it was not a fun game. <laughs> it was um, for me. Even even like I don't know. Even if the Rams had won that game, it still would not have been a fun game. Like it was immensely boring and not an entertaining football game. Yeah, I mean, it was exciting to be in Minnesota. Um, and honestly, Minnesota knows how to put on a football game. Like, the home crowd there was really fun. Yeah. The stadium was amazing. It was my first time at, at the U.S. Bank Stadium, and uh, I really I really did enjoy it. Um, as much as I hated that the Rams lost and kind of played like total garbage, <laughs> um, it was still very fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like it up to Minnesota whenever I can, but... Uh, Wish the result was different, but hey, the Rams will get the rematch, and that'll be the one that matters, right? Yeah, like next season? Oh, I'm talking about in, in January. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. It's too cold then. Rams won't be playing. It's inside. It'll either be indoors or in L.A., so it's not going to matter that it's cold. Yeah, Rams just don't want to... They don't want to even travel to Minnesota. It'll be too cold. Please. When there is a rematch, and I suspect there will be a rematch... Next season. The, uh, the Rams will win. And that'll be the important game. Sure, week uh, week three of next season will be very important. That's not how it's going to work. <laughs> uh, here's what I think uh, about this game. Is that the Rams definitely came out flat and were poor. The, this was a bad game for the Rams. I don't think, and I'm firm on this, I don't think the Vikings are a better team than the Rams. I, I honestly do not. Um, I think that the Vikings played better on Sunday, is what I think. Um, they definitely earned the win. They outplayed the Rams for 55 out of 60 minutes. I, I, I do think that. I do not think they're the better team. I think if they played if they played five more times, I think the Rams would, would win the majority of those games. Um, I think they're slightly more talented. Uh, I, I think the Rams... Um, I think Zimmer has a slight edge just because of the experience factor in terms of coaching, especially on the defensive side. But I just think that the Rams have better guys on their team. Um, They didn't show it on Sunday. I'm not going to pretend they did. They (laughs) deserve to lose that game. But I am very confident if there is a rematch, I will still be betting on the Rams, and I will still buy a ticket to that game and go see it. Well, who is better on Sunday? (laughs) 
it, Sunday doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Sunday does not matter anymore. And I know that you know that I'm right mm-hmm. because you refused to make a bet with me about that game on Sunday. I just Because don't. you didn't think the Vikings would beat the Rams. No, I didn't think they'd win on Sunday. Yeah. I just thought that because they have been winning so much that yeah. they, they have to lose one of these one of these games coming up. Um, I don't bet on teams in general, so I'm always a pessimistic sports fan, no matter what. Growing up as a Vikings fan and as a Cubs fan, I don't really have much confidence in my teams because they tend to be the lovable losers. So, yep, I won't bet on them. Well, uh, I made a bet that I lost – and so if, uh, if you're not friends with me on Facebook, listeners, uh, find me on Facebook. You're going to see me wearing a really stupid-looking purple jersey <laughs> and posing for thousands of people um, in front of the U.S. Bank Stadium because uh, our buddy Doug bet me that I wouldn't uh, put the jersey on if the Vikings lose. And I'm a man of my word, so when the Rams underperformed, I overdressed. So, uh, you know, it happens. Uh, this is, I think, the... This is the fourth time I've been to a Rams-Vikings game, and the Vikings are 4-0 and in those games. <laughs> so if, uh, if, the, if the Vikings somehow meet the Rams in the playoffs, I probably shouldn't go. <laughs> but I think I still will because, again, I, I, I do think the Rams are the better team. And we get a chance for, to see them show that. Uh, this weekend, the Rams are playing the Saints. Seth, you and I are going to be there in L.A. Uh, it's a home game for the Rams. Saints coming off a big win. Um, big comeback victory over the Washington Redskins. So uh, Rams are going to have a chance to kind of redeem themselves after um, kind of a poor performance last week uh, by getting a big win over the Saints. And it, it is an important one. The Rams only have one game lead over the Seattle Seahawks for the lead in their division. Um, so who knows what could happen from here on out, but uh, Rams could use a win, and I think it's important that they get this one over the Saints. Vikings got a big one coming up on Thanksgiving. Uh, Detroit coming mm-hmm. in? Yeah. At Detroit. Yes. They always play at Thanksgiving in Detroit. So, yeah. Well, it'll be fun. We'll see. I'm not as worried as about the division <laughs> as, as you are, uh, just with records and how many games they have over everyone else. So, But it's still a big game, but I'm not as worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, Detroit's been playing better the last couple weeks. I'm excited Ish. to see that game because... You know, Detroit tends to show out at home, especially on Thanksgiving. They always play well against the Vikings, but they've the last two weeks they've not shown well against some really bad teams and the Browns and Bears, so I'm not too worried about. The Vikings very well lose that game, but even if they do, I'm not worried about the division because mm-hmm. I, I don't think the Lions are playing super well right now. So Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. The you know, the I love Thanksgiving football, but it's tricky because they're coming off a short week. Obviously, um, it's a big emotional game because of the holiday. It's just a weird day, and so you tend to get weird things happen. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I really think this game is a toy- is a coin toss, especially because Detroit's pretty much playing for their season. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they want a chance to get into the playoffs, they got to win this game. Yep. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think that uh, the general consensus now is that the Vikings are one of the top four or five teams in football. Mm-hmm. I'm still not ready to concede that quite yet, um, but uh, a win over Detroit would, would go a long way, as did the Rams. I'm not pretending that the Rams' win doesn't mean anything to Minnesota. I'm not mm-hmm. that naive. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I think that getting a division win on the road on a short week against a, a solid Detroit team would would go a long way too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm I'm definitely hoping for a Vikings loss mm-hmm. for seeding purposes. Um, obviously, if the Rams are going to play the Vikes in the playoffs, I'd rather it be in L.A. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Saints and Rams becomes a big, huge game next week. Uh, Eagles are still hot. They they beat up on like beat up on the Cowboys on Sunday night. That wasn't even close. Um, Eagles are a shoe in. I think they're a virtual lock for the playoffs. They haven't they haven't technically clinched yet, but they're getting in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eagles are going to the playoffs. They're everyone's team to win the NFC. Um, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Seattle loses on Monday night against. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta is now in the wild card position. Seattle is now on the outside looking in. So right now you have three NFC or NFC South teams: uh, New Orleans, Atlanta, and Carolina, mm-hmm. all in the mix. I really like all three of those teams. We talked about them a little bit last week. If any team or if any division has a chance to send three teams, I think it's the South. Yeah, NFC South that is. Um, and I just love seeing Seattle not in the playoff race. So <laughs> that's that's really good news for me. Uh, New England won big, obviously. Again, um, they beat the holy crap out of uh, Oakland <laughs> in Mexico. Oakland not looking great in that AFC West division. Chiefs not looking great. Mm-hmm. They got beat in a, one of the worst games in 10 years <laughs> by the Giants. But you know who is looking great in that division is uh, San Diego. They, they beat the holy piss out of Buffalo, <laughs> who sure was playing a rookie quarterback. But even so, you put up, what, they put up 55 points mm-hmm. against Buffalo. Buffalo, by the way, has given up over 100 points in the last two weeks. <laughs> um, Phillip Rivers came out looking sharp. A lot of folks are saying that the, San, or the San Diego Chargers are the best team in that division. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, that division's terrible right now. So, yeah, I would agree with that. So they have, uh, they're, I think they're back by two games on mm-hmm. the Chiefs. Do you think they'll end up getting back in the mix, getting a chance at that division, or do you think that lead is just not going to be made up? I think with the way the AFC is right now, how bad everyone is, it's anyone's game. I mean, they could they could get a wild card spot, they could win that division. It's I I, I feel like the Chargers are playing hot enough right now, even though they lost to like the Jaguars a couple weeks ago, um, in a close one, and they've been close in almost all their games. I think they're, I think they'll be in the playoffs. Yeah. I would prefer to see them in the playoffs right now. The way the playoff picture is shaking out, it's looking like Tennessee, Cincinnati, and Baltimore mm. are like in the running for the playoff. Uh, the red um, are in the running for the wild card positions, mm-hmm. which would be fucking tragic <laughs> if the, any of those teams got in. Yeah. Uh, other than Tennessee, I do like Tennessee, but if you're looking at Cincinnati, Baltimore, Houston is still in the mix. There's no reason any of those teams. Should, they're a terrible. Terrible football teams. Mm-hmm. There's no reason they should get in. I'm hoping the Chargers can mount a winning streak and get in the playoffs. I would love to see Phillip Rivers back in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, he, The guy deserves it. I mean, he's one of the top ten quarterbacks to ever play the game, and he's barely got any playoff experience. Mm-hmm. So to see them get in would be really exciting for me. I, I hope that that happens. But none of it's going to matter because the Rams are going to run through everybody in the playoffs <laughs> anyway. So. Video game! Let's go to video games, and we're not going to spend very much time here at all because there's not really any news. Um, but I did pick up, I, I got three games that I'm really excited to play um, over the weekend. Uh, I picked up Wolfenstein 2 on a recommendation from a friend. Wolfenstein. I, I put in a maybe five minutes to it. 
and uh, I, I don't really have a feel for it at all. I it just, sucks. I just played it for a couple minutes, and then I went to bed. But um, I also got Star Wars Battlefront 2, which, uh, as we talked about last week, was very steeped in drama, and now uh, the, the devs have reeled back all of the, not all of, but a lot of the requirements to unlock characters. And from what I'm seeing online, specifically like on Twitter, uh, a lot of the game reviewers who are actual players, like actual gamers, are really liking Star Wars Battlefront. Mm -hmm. Um, It sounds like they're really enjoying the story mode. Again, I haven't dug into it very much. There'll be more of a full review later, but I'm really excited to get going on that. And then uh, the third game is a little bit older. It's about a year old, but it's Doom. And uh, again, uh, I picked that up on a recommendation, but borrowed it from a buddy on a recommendation. Uh, and it sounds like it's just full out screaming mayhem <laughs> and just blood and bullets everywhere. So yeah, that's uh, that just came out on Switch, I think, and it's going to be out in PlayStation VR sometime soon as Ooh. well, which I will not be playing. Doom and VR would be pretty sweet <laughs> because it's not it's not one of those scary games that is for the sake of being scary. Mm-hmm. It's more just like a dark, eerie world, and then you get firepower. Like yeah. crazy, like you sneeze bullets in that game. Yeah, <laughs> which would be actually would sounds like it could be kind of fun with the the VR controller, the gun. That'd mm-hmm. be pretty cool. Which I'm assuming it'll have support for, but yeah, I still probably won't get it. <laughs> I, uh, I I'm excited to play it. It's something I've had my eye on for a long time. So, um, God, I basically between the three of those games, I'm going to shoot a lot of dudes <laughs> uh, over the course of you know. Uh, right now, we're going into Thanksgiving, so. Um, you know, there's plenty of time for video games to be played. <laughs> if you're out there and you've played any of those three games, talking about Wolfenstein 2, Star Wars Battlefront 2, or Doom, uh, let us know in the comments or on Twitter what you thought of them. Uh, also, I'm having a little trouble deciding what game to play first. So if you have played any of those and, and recommend that I start them, start it before the others, uh, let me know. And uh, if there's a lot of consensus on one game, I'll, I'll play that first and obviously do a review for it here on the show. So let me know what you guys think. Um, kind of a random thing that I read, and I don't know how much how true this is. It's always hard with video game rumors. But one thing I read is because of all of, like, with Xbox releasing the Xbox One X, PlayStation doing the PS4 Pro, we're about another five years out from a new generation of consoles, it sounds like. Which for me, I'm happy because I bought the Pro, but so that that's kind of interesting because we, what PlayStation Four and Xbox came out in twenty, what thirteen I think is when they came out, and usually we get a, a new cycle of consoles every about five years, and so that's going to push it off another. If it's five years from now, it pushes off another it'll be a total of almost nine years since, you know, between when the consoles are released. So for me, that's good because I don't have to spend as much money. I, I would much rather do what I did with the PlayStation 4 Pro, and I traded my regular PlayStation in and paid, you know, $200 as opposed to doing the four or $500. I'd rather do something like that if they were to do, you know, every, every you know, few years or so because they usually give deals when you trade in like that, so... I don't know. We'll see where, where the next console goes, but I just thought it was kind of interesting to read and, and kind of where the insiders are thinking right now. So Yeah, I think it's understandable that the that it's going to be longer for the consoles to come out. Because if you think back to like the original PlayStation and like Nintendos, mm-hmm. those were out for like 10 years at a time. Mm-hmm. And then PlayStation 2 was out for like a dozen years before mm-hmm. PS3 came out. 
PS3 lasted five or so years, and then PS4, it's mm-hmm. been five or so. And now it's because technology pros. advanced so fast. Exactly. And it, but the, the crazy thing is, it's it's the the technology is advancing in like the picture quality mm-hmm. is the big thing. Yep. And so as TVs evolve, the consoles have had to evolve. Yep. And I think that now we're getting so close to what is possible for TV mm-hmm. that it makes sense to me that they would slow down yeah. because you can't get. There's not going to be increments every five years yeah. anymore. There's no room for it because it's already photorealistic in general. Yeah, I think they were quick to jump jump the gun for the 4K and just do these little updates as opposed to doing the new consoles, which they probably could have waited and they could have done a new console next year, <laughs> but they wanted to jump the 4K gun, but which is fine. I, I think the reason that five years from now is probably that's when 8K will become more popular and more accessible. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I. I'm, again, I'm glad I don't spend another $500 until, mm-hmm. you know, 20, 2022 or whatever. So Yeah, it seems to me like the consoles are, like you said, they, they jumped the gun on 4K. They'll probably do the same thing on 8K, I think. Because you can come yeah. out you can come out and say, like, our console does 8K, like, whoopee. But, like, internet bandwidth can't handle that. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't have 8 pl- 8K multiplayer gaming. That's not going to work. They, they don't even have 4K multiplayer gaming yet. None, none of that. It all streams. That Most multiplayer streams in about 720p. Yeah. Um, as opposed to even 1080p. And I think they've done it where you can do HDR now. But mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, I think it's more for, like, the single player and, like, your streaming, like Netflix and stuff like that. Which I remember reading Netflix does have 8K streaming, but it's, I mean, they just tested it, I think. It's not even... You know, something that people can use yet, <laughs> but yeah. we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think, especially like internet, which I know there's the whole net neutrality thing coming around now, and they're going to be potentially they're going to have a vote in December. I think now I, I read about that today, where that companies may be able to charge for some you know sites being faster and some being slower. So I think eventually we'll be able to see like. Our, I know our internet speed's pretty fast. Like we have 100 megabytes per second. Where I was talking to some people at work, and some people have only six still. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you have that available, and it's not too inexpensive. I think it's only going to get faster as we go on. But you know, we'll see. It's it's all about pricing and what companies are willing to let go. So yeah, I think you're totally right. And what what's tricky about that is it's a lot harder for them to update the internet. Yeah. than it is for them to make a new game console. Yeah. So like when they do come out and say like here comes the Xbox 5 and it does 8K streaming. Like that's exciting and cool, but the rest of the world doesn't do that. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if your console can do 8K mm-hmm. if you can't stream Netflix in 4K or get the bandwidth to game in 4K or even have a DVD or a Blu-ray that plays 8K. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that where they jumped the gun with 4K, I, I do think this idea of waiting five years before a new console comes out makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. because the rest of the world just needs to catch up. Yeah. Not even not even pass to 8K, but just catch up to 4K. Because frankly, they just the new consoles that are doing 4K, the rest of the world doesn't handle it well enough right mm-hmm. now for it to be worth it. Um, and so... I, I like the idea of them coming out and saying that they're going to wait five years because for one thing, it tells people you can go out this holiday season and buy a PS4 Pro mm-hmm. or an Xbox One X 
and you can play it for five years. You're not going to need to buy a new console yeah. next year. You know, it's not like this new iPhone that's the iPhone 11 is going to be out in six months. Yeah. You know, so I, I like the idea and I like the transparency of them coming out and saying it's going to be a while before yeah. a new console. And I think that that is part of it too is sales because I, I did see that like GameSpot or GameStop and you know, a bunch of other stores are doing deals on those two consoles specifically with the Xbox One X, like $50 off and you get you know, some games and stuff. The one that's not doing any deals though is Switch. They're still they're they're still going hard on the uh, pay three hundred bucks for our console because it's still so popular. Really, the the thing people are advertising are saying, "Hey, we're gonna have Switches available for you to buy." They're not even like, "Hey, they're on sale. You're just gonna you're gonna be able to buy one here." So that's interesting, and I, I'm glad that Nintendo's doing well because I think having more companies do well is better for the industry in general. But yeah, I think Nintendo has they've done a good job to keep their shit rare. Mm-hmm. And it seems purposeful that they've kept them not on shelves. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you think about the uh, the NES Classic and the SNES Classic that they brought out. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get them. Yeah. You couldn't get them. And so now they've done similar things with the Switch. And I, I think that it's intentional. I think you keep them rare, people are willing to pay for them. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but... $300 is full price for a Switch. Mm-hmm. You can't even pick up a controller for a PlayStation <laughs> for $300. Well, that's the catch for the Switch is that the controllers are 80 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the, the Xbox and the PlayStation cost five or $600 right now, or four at the least. Yeah, PlayStation's so, four and Xbox X is five. Yeah, so even if they don't even if they don't put the Switch on sale, it's still the cheapest console. Mm-hmm. And so I think they're doing really smart stuff. Uh I, I don't think they have enough in terms of like a library now. Yeah, of games. the games aren't. Yeah, like you and I have talked several times about maybe trying to get a Switch. Until they announce like a just, Smash Bros. A... or whatever. Yeah. Even though like the Mario Odyssey game, a lot of people really like and is one I'd be interested in, interested in playing, but I don't care about Zelda and Mario Odyssey's that and then Mario Kart would be the only games I buy and then it just collects dust when we're not playing it. Yeah. So So I think I think there's still a little bit that needs to happen before we're ready to pick up a Switch. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think that they're primed to have a really successful holiday season. Yeah. If they can put they them definitely on the shelves. Will. Especially with, so they're doing the SNES classics, Classic, and then they're also doing the NES Classic again. They announced that they're going to be re-releasing that, which that is still something I want to pick up. So we'll see. Yeah, it's really cool. I haven't checked out a lot of the Black Friday deals. Um, I know they're happening uh, for the listener tomorrow. Um so make sure you check out, I, like you said, I think, what is it, $50 off the PlayStation Pro and uh, the Xbox yeah, One Yeah, that's X. one I, I didn't know. I didn't really see about the Xbox One X, but the PS4 Pro, which has been out a year now. It's been out over a year. Uh, that they, I know they're, they had $50 off with some games, and I think the Xbox One X at least had some game deals with if you bought the console. There's a lot of, games, GameStop especially has a lot of good game deals, a ton of, like, brand new games that you can get for, you know, 20 30 40 dollars off they they're a couple they're a couple i thought about picking up if we were going to be in town would be uh like the dishonored expansion they have that for 20 bucks which i think is 40 uh so that's i mean that's a good deal i, I do know though too like uh, xbox like the marketplace and the, the playstation store will have awesome deals too on black friday so that way i can just browse through before our flight to, to la whoop, whoop. yep <laughs> and then download it later but so, uh, but that's one I saw. There's a lot of you know buy two get one free deals um, 
for certain games, a lot of AAA titles in there. So I think saw Call of Duty and some of those, and Battlefront Two had some some deals. Those I think are going to be more like doorbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you get your a lot. Like I've in the past gone to GameStop and done. They set out a ton of pre-owned games, and you'd get like buy four, get two free, and stuff like that. So they they, they usually do a good job trying to clear out their inventory. So let me ask you this. Um, thinking about just like the status of sort of the three big gaming platforms, mm-hmm. is there, if, if you were, if you had no system mm-hmm. and you had no loyalty, of course, to the organization, <laughs> um, is the, this, this holiday season, giving the current state of, you know, the games that are out and the whole shebang, mm-hmm. what, like, what console would you pick up or what would you recommend to people to pick up if they already don't have a system out of the three big ones? I don't know. That, that's tough. I, I mean, I think it really depends on what type of player you are mm-hmm. for me. For me, I'm totally a, a single-player, story-driven game player, and I think that leans more towards the PlayStation with all of the exclusive titles and story-driven titles they have, like Horizon and Uncharted and Last of Us and God of War, and I keep going. Uh, Xbox is definitely has the upper hand in like multiplayer so i mean you obviously have your halos you have which that that's a good single player but i think other than halo and maybe even gears which i knew gears kind of fell off towards the end too i can't really think of anything else that's super single player driven but they they definitely have the upper hand in multiplayer and and just their their servers are better in general and then if you're looking for a casual you know, type of experience, that's the Switch. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's going to have your Marios. That's for kids. You can take that on the go. You know, you can, Mario Kart, obviously, is a big one that a lot of casual gamers like to play. They have all the party games. Uh, they have that, like, one-two Switch game that a lot of people really liked when the Switch came out. So I think it just depends on what type of gamer you are. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, um, and this might surprise you, but I think for me it's the Switch. I think this, really? this holiday season, like, the, the one that I... If I were going to buy a console this year, I think it would be the Switch. I just um, there's just not enough games. Yeah, there there aren't, but uh, it's the cheapest. Um, it's the it's the easiest to pick up right now, like in terms of just like learning curve, like video game yeah. learning curve. Uh, if I'm gonna pick up a PlayStation, I need to learn a lot of how to play video games mm-hmm. before I can play anything. So, and the same goes for Xbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're saving a hundred, a hundred and fifty dollars, and then you get you know, um, you get the couple Mario games that you want. You've got Super Smash Brothers in the works. That's going to come out later on. Um, I think for the most people, um, Switch is what's going to be sort of their solution this this yeah, holiday. Yeah, for families, I would say. Obviously, yeah, and and the holiday season is really driven by the families, mm-hmm. right? It's what are people buying for their kids. So if I if I was to make it like a prediction, and I. I I don't know how confident I am in this, but my prediction would be that Nintendo has the most sales over the holidays. Yeah, I, I mean, PlayStation's already—they—they've. I mean, the PlayStation Four is already on pace to be the highest selling console of all time, and they've already sold the majority of their consoles. So, there, I don't see them. They'll get some sales, but the thing to think about too, though, is that PlayStation and Xbox also have their core consoles, the PS4 and Xbox One, on sale for three hundred dollars right now. So. If it's price point, you can't really, I don't know if that, I, I do agree with the learning curve, but if you're looking for the most amount of games and price, the PlayStation and Xbox One also 
you know, are in that area too. Um, one funny thing I saw is that if you game at GameStop, you, there is a coupon on there, or a, not a coupon, but a rebate, a rebate on there that if you brought it in uh, on Black Friday, you get a you. It's I think it's a certain period of time, and as quantities allow, you get a, a free Xbox 360. They're just giving away pre-owned Xbox 360s for free. (laughs) (laughs) So that was pretty funny. Dude, Xbox 360 was like the best console. (laughs) Honestly, like it had... Xbox 360 was the shit. (laughs) And we won't get into an argument because I know you're going to tell me PS3 was better. (laughs) Um, Man, Xbox 360 was dope. I did own one for a short period of time. We got off on a long one for video yeah, games. It was a random one. <laughs> Television! All right, let's get into TV. And uh, you know what? We're going to have to disappoint the people this week. No uh, no Seth's TV corner. But we're going to do the next best thing. And uh, I'm going to review a couple of shows. Oh. Yeah, it's the TV Kona. No. Um, but we'll get to that in just a second. Before we do that, I want to mention a couple pieces of news. Uh, Seth, it sounds like, you know, one of the, one of the shows that you have been recommending lately has been The Good Place. Yep. Uh, Kristen Bell basically goes to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, the network show there. Sounds like, uh, more to come for The Good Place. Yeah, it got renewed for season three and other 13 episodes, which they're, they're, for being a half hour show, they, I mean, they have short seasons. I, they're in the middle of season two right now, and. They did episodes back to back to back to back, and then they had a break for a long time. I don't know when they come back, but that show has been really, really good. Uh, it's been really funny, and this season especially is they've really kind of steered into it, and and kind of they know what they're doing now. They they know what they're about, and critics have really enjoyed it. I think it's still a hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes, so I could see this being an, an Emmy nom this year for really yeah for. Just you know, for comedy, you know, and everything like that. But yeah, so they're they're getting re- getting rewarded for another season. I don't know how it's doing in terms of viewership, like the numbers there. But I'm excited for another season. That's Kristen Bell is awesome. the The supporting cast in general, Ted Danson's awesome. It's a good show. I love it. And they play it on their. They've got sort of their mega pack on like Thursdays, mm-hmm. right? Their comedy I think mega it's, pack. It's thir- Wednesdays or Thursdays. I can't remember. Yeah. So NBC. Uh, it sounds, and I have not, I honestly have not checked it out yet, mm-hmm. um, but it sounds like they've got a hit on their hands yeah. with The Good Place. A lot of people digging it, kind of really hitting their stride, yeah. it sounds like to me. they are. And, God, Michael Schur is just, anything he's doing is, is successful. He's doing a show on ABC now. He's, he's going to have a show on on three out, of, three out of the four networks, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does one for CBS, too. <laughs> so CBS is not really a funny network guys, uh, anymore. Guy's got the Midas touch. It sounds like. Yeah. And uh, uh, by the way, if you're looking to catch up on The Good Place, uh, I know the first season is available on Netflix now. Netflix, yep. And then they, the second season, the last five episodes are on there at a time. So if you wanted to catch up, you'd have to buy it somewhere. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely worth watching. Uh, Another piece of TV news in terms of what would be TV and potentially movie is uh, Dan Harmon, creator of many things. most recently Rick and Morty he's co-creator of that but our favorite thing is Community they they had six seasons of the television show and they always talked about hashtag six seasons in a movie and so he has been in talks uh, to do another 
to do the movie, to do the the community movie, which I could see them doing something along the lines of like one of my favorite shows, Psych. They're doing a Psych movie on in a few weeks, actually, on USA. I could see something similar where they maybe do something on like Hulu or Yahoo or I don't think Yahoo's doing shows anymore. <laughs> the last season, the community was on Yahoo, but uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for that. What, what do you think about it? I am glad that they're getting to do what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I am in no way excited for it. No, the last season didn't do it. For the you. last season was terrible, <laughs> and I think if 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 you're gonna if anyone tries to tell me that yeah. the last season of Community was any good, they're kidding themselves. <laughs> really, um, they definitely got away from the show. Ran too long. Mm-hmm. I I think that they had a stride that they hit, and it was fantastic mm-hmm. in like seasons two, three, and four specifically. Uh, but they set out to do a show about college. They did four years, four seasons, mm-hmm. and then they tried to do two more seasons. And it just didn't work. Yeah. They tried to do the Scrubs re, uh, repilot, repilot. <laughs> yeah. Is that what they called it? Repilot. And uh, it just did not work for me at all. They tried to hit a lot of the same beats, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, it's it's o- I think it's over. Again, I'm glad that they're getting to finish their story in the way they want, mm-hmm. if this does happen. Yeah. But I'm not... You know, I'm not going to be fighting anyone for a ticket to go see. You know, probably it'll be just on TV anyway or on yeah, streaming. Yeah, that's but what I, that would be my guess. Is that about? I don't know what you're thinking. I know you were maybe a little more into the show than yeah, I was. Yeah, I was but... way into the show, and I would be excited to see it. The reason, another reason though, why I'm excited for it is that the so I don't know if you realize the people who so obviously Dan Harmon's a creator of it, but you know the Russos, Joe and Anthony Russo, who created well, not created, but they are the head of marvel right now for like the infinity wars and things like that they wrote i think they co-wrote a bunch of the episodes and directed a bunch of the first season of community which was the best season and they are interested in in working on the community movie oh yeah and so that makes me excited because they're they're funny dudes i've listened to some podcasts with them and i I think if they were involved with dan Harmon, kind of getting that original flow back i Obviously, like, Allison Breeze become a much bigger star since then. Um, Joan McHale really hasn't done much, but um, Britta, what's her name? Uh, Gillian. Gillian Jacobs. She's done some stuff. She's kind of got some more clout. And then, uh, potentially, uh, Donald Glover. So, we'll see. I, I mean, I, I feel like Chevy Chase isn't going to be back. He's a racist. But, uh, <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, I, I hope they can get some of that, that most of the original cast back and you know, get some of the, the original writers and, and directors kind of involved. And if they can kind of get that original feel and wrap it up in a way that makes sense and would be cool, I, I'd be very excited for it. Yeah, it's definitely, and I hadn't thought about it until you started mentioning the cast, it's going to be really friggin' tricky mm-hmm. for them to get Gillian Jacobs. She's working on uh, Love mm-hmm. on Netflix right now. Allison Brie is blowing up everywhere, mm-hmm. but more specifically on um, Glow, also yep. on Netflix. She's, she's in The Post, which is that potentially Oscar-nominated movie with Steven Spielberg. Yeah. And, yeah, she's doing some bigger stuff. She's doing all kinds. Uh, Donald Glover, is, uh, he's, I guess he's working on Atlanta, season two. Mm-hmm. And uh, all, the you Deadpool. know. Deadpool. He's going to be Han the Lion Solo. King, Han yeah. Solo. Like, yep. Donald Glover's going to be busy. Obviously, Chevy Chase kind of is not, <laughs> it sounds like they don't want him involved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going to be tough. Uh, again, I I will watch it. Uh, I will be excited to see how they wrap up the story. Mm-hmm. I just don't have very high hopes for it, <laughs> if I'm being honest with myself. Uh, but we'll see. I yeah. mean, maybe, you know, maybe it'll be interesting. Who knows? Yeah. 
Well, I want to get into uh, a couple TV reviews, and I'll keep them relatively brief, but um, I've been pretty interested in some of the FX shows that have been out for this fall, and two of them have wrapped up as of this last week. Um, Specifically, I'll I'll start with You're the Worst. uh, Oh, you are. (laughs) Yeah, you are. That's why I watch it. And (laughs) so, You're the Worst, if you don't know, is a show on FX. It's actually on FF. FXX, and it's a story of these two people, um, Gretchen and Jimmy, who meet each other, and they're each of them is very um, shitty. <laughs> they're very terrible people. They're very selfish. They're very mean to other people, and they're just generally dickheads. And they kind of start to fall for each other in the first season. So what just finished up last week was season four of the show. And, uh, you know, to kind of let the cat out of the bag right away, I think it was a down season. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, really enjoy the show. I, I think it's very, it's very interesting. It's very real and it's pretty raw. Um, it's not always pretty. It's not always happy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they delve into some really interesting concepts like depression, um, there's some a lot of like social anxiety there's like societal pressures of various types there's post-traumatic stress disorder is addressed in it um and so they get into a lot of things that are very serious but it's also very funny at times Mm -hmm. in a weird way it's very dark comedy (laughs) there's uh and it's on fxx so they can like cuss and stuff so Mm -hmm. it's a little different from a lot of the shows that you'll see on regular fx this season i don't want to spoil any seasons that came before it but it just is very different in terms of what the plot is and what it's about. Um, you find that each of the characters is in a very different place than they were in the previous season. And it's just, it's there. Everyone seems to be out of their element, mm-hmm. and they're not interacting with each other in the way that you, that you've gotten used to them interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and for certain characters, that means growth and they're doing better and you want to root for them to be better people. For other characters, they're way worse, <laughs> and you just hate them even more. So, this uh, I think season four, while it was a, I think a down season compared to the first three, I, I still really enjoyed it. Um, I I really really like this show. I think the acting is very well done. I think the writing is very interesting. Mm-hmm. They put in just enough surprises because these characters are super unpredictable because they're all shitty mm-hmm. people. It kind of um, I don't watch the show Shameless. But a lot of people tell me things about that show that remind me of You're the Worst. Okay. Um, I think that if you're a fan of Shameless, you might like You're the Worst. It's a lot simpler of a show. I think um, just by nature, it's a half an hour comedy on FX. Yeah. You know? So um, I really like the acting. Every now and then, one of the actors or one of the characters will kind of bust out with something that you totally didn't expect and really just flash their acting chops. And, and so that gets really interesting. Um, I think that if you if you are a person who watched You're the Worst seasons one, two, and three, definitely watch season four and stay up to date with the story. Mm-hmm. It's it's not so bad that you should bail on it. I just think that it's generally kind of just a down season. Okay. And the way that it ends, it gives me optimism for it going forward. Again, the, each of the characters has an interesting arc in season four. It's just different from the previous seasons. Okay. And so, again, if, if you're already on this show continue to watch it if you're if you're not on it 
um, season four doesn't cause me to scream in your face that you have to watch the show. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it, again, it, continue to watch it if you're into it, but it, you know, it's not, uh, it's not going to change a lot of minds. I don't think, Okay. but I really, I really like the cast of this show. Um, there are a lot of unknown people. You've never seen them in anything else. I could tell you their names, but it wouldn't matter to you. <laughs> um, but they all have moments where they need to have very nuanced acting. And it's really interesting to see. Like, for example, the two main characters are very much in love, but they're very afraid to admit it because they don't want to appear weak to each other. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, they attack each other a lot and they're mean to each other a lot. And so the nuance of each of them being mean to each other, but it's still being very clear that they're in love is really weird to see. <laughs> and the the two main characters especially, they really pull it off, the actors do. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's it's just a really good watch, uh, really interesting, and it'll make you laugh. It'll make you very angry, uh, and a, a couple of times it might make you cry. But it's 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 a really good show, I think. Um, but as far as season four goes, uh, it's kind of middling, I, I would say, uh, kind of in summary. So you would say you would recommend <laughs> season four for people who watched it. I, I would say it's a recommend for you're the worst as a whole. Okay, season four. Is just one of those. Every show's got them. Yeah. It's just kind of one of those mess seasons. Again, it's not. It doesn't turn me off, but it doesn't really get me ramped up. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's so, kind of in the middle. So it wouldn't be a co no. It'd be a co yes. <laughs> I I say in general it's a co yes. Okay. If I have to say yes or no, it's a co yes. Okay. The second review I'm gonna do is more definitive and more negative. <laughs> Um, I so this will be a co no. This is gonna be a co no. I'm gonna <laughs> let the again. I'm letting the cat out of the bag right away. It's co no. <laughs> Uh, it's season like seven or so of American Horror Story. This one's entitled Cult. If you're not aware, uh, American Horror Story is kind of an anthology series. So each season stands alone as its own story. And there have been some really good seasons and some mediocre seasons. I would say that this season was bad. Oh. Um, Co-no. It's a co-no. <laughs> and so Cult is about a... Well, a cult. <laughs> and, but it's about a cult that begins when Donald Trump wins the 2016 election. <laughs> and so it's about, there are some characters in there who are very empowered by Trump's victory. And they, there's some elements of like white supremacy and, and, and um, sort of male dominance. And there's some elements of like feminism and they they throw back to some of the cults that everyone's aware of. Your Jim Jones, your Branch Davidians, um, Charlie Manson, of course. So it, it's really centered around the cult idea. The thing I didn't like about this season was it's very, very political. And it's not at all subversive or trying to bury the lead mm-hmm. about its politicism. It's very obvious and in your face when it's trying to be political. Mm-hmm. For example... One of the major um, plot points in the story has to do with a woman who is a very staunch feminist, and but she doesn't like Hillary Clinton, and so she votes for Jill Stein. And so her, her wife, they're gay, um, her wife strongly resents her because she vote, voted for Jill Stein and she blames her for letting Trump get elected. And they very, they, they, they don't, they don't even pretend that they're not the same people. They mm-hmm. refer to them as Hillary, Jill Stein, and Donald Trump. 
Like, it's very heavy-handed, and it's not super creative to me. Yeah. Um, there are some. There are scenes that are really good. I think Evan Peters, it, he plays a character named Kai, and he sort of becomes this cult leader over the course of the series. He does a really excellent job in terms of acting, mm-hmm. but I think the plot and the writing were just not good. Okay. At this time, um, Evan Peters was fantastic. I really liked uh, the main woman in the show. She was played by Sarah Paulson, and uh, she she just has a lot of different things that she has to do. There's times when she's kind of the hysterical victim, and there's times when she's like the really empowered, sort of strong female character. And so she had a, a sort of a wide range of things to do that I thought was really interesting. Um, the side characters in general I thought were really mediocre. They brought in some stars. There were people that you know in this. Mm-hmm. Billy Eichner appeared in this. Um, the guy who plays um, Arsenal in Arrow. Oh, um, Colton Haynes. Colton Haynes was in it for a while. Um, and any of any of the side bit characters were just very mediocre. And I think in general, even if you're an American Horror Story fan, I think this is a season you can honestly skip. Really? Um, There's so many more seasons that are way better. Even like last year they did Roanoke, which I think for a lot of people was a down season. I liked Roanoke and I liked it a lot more than I liked this season. Okay. Again, just the the over politicization of it and the, the writing was kind of awkward. Um, the acting in general wasn't very good, even though there were a couple of really nice performances that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it never really struck me. Um, even when there were really big swings and big twists in it, mm-hmm. I just didn't, I was never drawn in enough to care. Do you think that the season, because cults, cults in general are kind of interesting, I think, but do you think this would this season would have been better if they didn't, I don't I even say better. Do you think that the season would have drawn you in more if it wasn't about like Donald and Hillary and all that stuff? Do you think it would have been more interesting if they made up a cult that themselves are focused on a real cult like a like a Manson or something like that? I absolutely do. Yeah, because the and you know maybe that's why I wasn't able to connect with mm-hmm. it and really buy in because the main character Kai, again played by Evan Peters, his cult is really based on some. I don't want to say some Trump values. Um, he he really cites Trump as like a leader to him and, yeah. and, 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 and a role model. But it's really like male dominance and white supremacy that are kind of at the forefront. Yeah. And I am it's it. I find it really hard to buy into that in 2017. Like he just very easily gets a following that's willing to do whatever he wants. Yeah. And I, I was I never really bought into. Because I've seen a lot of things about cults in the past. I've mm-hmm. seen documentaries and things like that. And people people that get bought into cults have their own really tough shit going on. And the cult is an escape, typically, mm-hmm. from their real life. Yeah. I never got a sense of why the members of the cult were buying into him. Um, he's a very charismatic, very good speaker. And he's he really has a way of moving people to his will. But I never really got a sense that the cult members, I never understood why they bought into him. Mm-hmm. It, it was very kind of, they kind of um, poo-pooed the whole state, the whole point in time where they're like, I don't know if I want to do this. And then they <laughs> sort of start making their way into the cult. Mm-hmm. It was just like, he talks to them and they're in yeah. all of a sudden. And so that part I think was very rushed. Um, 
there were a lot of twists and turns, like almost too many. Yeah. Uh, betrayals and murders and all these things. So like at the end of every episode, pretty much someone gets killed that you didn't expect. Yeah. And it's just like, Bleh. I already <laughs> saw this on Game of Thrones. I don't need to see it on, yeah. you know, cult. So I do, I, yes, I do think that the show would have been better off if it had created something original and new. Yeah. Rather than trying to base it off Trump and Hillary. Because immediately you're you're going to alienate half your audience. Yeah. If the... the 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 antagonist in your show is Donald Trump. Yeah. So automatically you just alienated half your audience. I think the other thing too is that we have to live politics every day because of because of Trump and everything that's going on and how how centered it is on not just news but in social media in general that I think people love TV and movies because it's an escape from all that and I think that hurts mm-hmm. hurts something like that for and where it does alien, not only alienates people because Trump supporters will be like you know, no, I'm not watching this now. But also people who are just sick of politics. I'm sick of politics. I don't even, I didn't like politics at all before. <laughs> and then when Trump got elected, it just got 10 times worse and I, I hate it. So I, that's not something I, I'd be into watching. Because I've watched shows that have, that do cults pretty well. I mean, one, at least the first couple seasons of The Following with Kevin Bacon, they mm-hmm. did cults really well the first couple seasons kind of got weirded later on but i mean shows can do cults well and it's really interesting but yeah that sounds that doesn't sound like something i would watch i haven't watched any of the seasons of american horror story at all i don't really plan to mm-hmm. but this one would not get me on it from what the sounds of it yeah there there are i think american horror story in general is is excellent and most of the seasons are very good this one is again not going to get a recommend from me <laughs> um but you know i don't know I, again i really enjoyed some of the actors in it it's, it's really just the writing and the plot i mm-hmm. think this was a bad idea to even try in the first place yeah. maybe five years from now maybe it could have been good yeah but it's too now it's too it's too right exactly now yeah for it to be like you said it, it doesn't seem like fiction yeah and so it's really hard to buy into it all um i totally understand what they were going for i i, I think it's noble in a sense to try to really shine a light on it but I think it's too heavy-handed and too very obviously one-sided that, again, first of all, you're alienated half your audience mm-hmm. off the bat. And then second of all, it's just too... It's too real. Not in a way where it like makes me sad that yeah. it's too real. It's just too very obvious yeah. the whole way through. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of characters that are like nasty woman and like they say nasty woman a lot in the show Mm -hmm. and they say grab her by the pussy all the time and like i just saw that on tv i don't need to see it again dramatized you know what i mean yeah so i don't it just doesn't it gets it gets a thumb down from me it's not something i'm gonna call out people to go see and you can you can definitely skip this one even if you're a fan of american horror story we'll just wait for next year and hope it's better the whole like adding in the the trump thing too because there there's ways to do that in in because like for example mr robot has done that tiny bit but that's the thing is they they haven't done it a whole lot they mentioned kind of in passing that the overall bad guy in the show the dark army is they were responsible for trump getting elected they pick they they chose him they said he's gonna be the president um it was pretty quick it was like a five minute scene or whatever but there's ways to do that and i think that's used as a, as a device to draw people into the story and make it more real and relate it whereas like something like the what sounds like the american horror story that was the entire show Mm -hmm. and i think that makes it tough to to get people bought in i I think 
used effectively, you can get people bought in using real life things like Trump and, and, and that type of thing like Mr. Robot does. But if it's your whole basis, people are going to not be into it. Exactly. You got to go do other things too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, even if, so the season starts with the Trump wins the election and mm-hmm. Kai, the main character, he goes, the revolution has begun mm-hmm. and they have opening credits. They could have gone anywhere from there mm-hmm. and it would have been cool. And that would have been a cool, impactful scene. Mm-hmm. But because they kept riding Trump and riding Trump and riding Trump and talking about Hillary and Jill Stein and all this and just continuing to stay with what was already the news, mm-hmm. um, it just didn't... got exhausting. It got exhausting, yeah. yeah. I felt like I was just watching the news again. <laughs> and uh, it, I, I don't know. It just didn't land with me. It just it, didn't land with me at all. Isn't that kind of funny that... Because FX is a Fox network, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fox News. <laughs> they love Trump. <laughs> Yeah, FX is decidedly more liberal, and, and I'm a liberal. I, I, I'm not a fan of Trump, and again, it didn't ostracize me, but even to me, a liberal person, um, yeah. it, it, was too, it was too much. Mm-hmm. Just too much. Movies. Move to movies? Let's get into movies. We got a lot of news. Some quick hitters. Yeah, we got some quick hitters. One thing we didn't get to cover last week, you and I are both subscribers to MoviePass. Mm-hmm. And uh, in an interview last week, the head person, CEO of MoviePass, has said that they want to eventually get into movie streaming. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that by the time they're able to do that, it seems like this is a pretty saturated market, right? Do you see a a future where MoviePass is your one-stop shop for any movie you want to watch? Uh, Well, I I just don't know how that would work. I mean, to be honest, with with would they get in brand new movies streaming on there? Would they? Would it just be basically like another Netflix? We're gonna already have a Disney one coming out. I, I don't know. They should just stick to getting people cheap movie tickets. That's what I think. <laughs> as long as they can continue to do it. Again, I, uh, we talked. Uh, well, Jared posted a nice video about um, sort of the new regulations that Movie Pass is coming out with. Mm-hmm. The latest drama with Movie Pass is that they're putting out a pay for a year all up front and you can save like 30 bucks mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm not doing that because I don't think MoviePass lasts another year to be honest I think the I think the business model is not made to make money it's made to lose money mm-hmm. so I'm not betting on them lasting a year uh, let me ask you real quick have you gotten any emails from MoviePass just asking you to take a survey Nah, I mean if I have I've just deleted them okay. I don't remember because that's that's one other thing I, I've taken them because I I I like MoviePass and I want them to stay around and, and so I want to do as much as I can to help them and mostly because it saves me a shit ton of money but I, I take the I, I take the, the surveys and I've it did it after one of the bigger blockbusters a couple of months ago and then just recently after Justice League they they send send it and some of the questions were like well hey did you go see Justice League or what no the question was did you would you have seen just the first one's like did, would you have seen Justice League if you didn't have Movie Pass? So mm. I answered yes, and then it said, then it was like the people that went with you were they also Movie Pass subscribers? And obviously I went with you, so yes. And then it just kind of goes there. I think it builds off from there, but I think that's good data to to have for them so that they can con- continue to build a potentially what their business model is planning to be, where they'll sell that data and not have to worry about how much they're charging subscribers. Yeah, I think uh, don't get too ambitious, MoviePass. Uh, stick to what you yeah. kind of maybe know. 
Um, and definitely don't try to outpoint your coverage before you rank it anyway. <laughs> That's my thing. Right. Yeah. We'll see. I, I, I'm with you. I hope MoviePass continues to be successful. I'm just mm-hmm. not betting on it anytime soon. I'm yeah. really not. Speaking of Justice League, though, got a, a few pieces of DC news. Obviously, first, the big news was Justice League's disappointing box office numbers. Isn't it funny that we're talking about $95 million yeah. opening weekend being disappointing? Yeah, um, that's and that that's tough. But this is the worst DCEU opening so far, which is crazy. Because they had some really terrible movies like Suicide Squad, which was, I think, the highest or second highest movies opening. <laughs> um, and it's kind of caused people to question... You know the future of the DCEU a bit. I think though, with because of how good Wonder Woman was, and because of this weekend, also is a big tell because of the Thanksgiving weekend coming up. People are going. It's it's the second biggest holiday for movies. People going to the movies. I think Christmas is number one. But so I think it, the drop off won't be as big as like the drop off for Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad was, which that was the biggest drop off in movie history. So I think this will be. I think Justice League will still be okay. But then you got this weekend. You got Coco, which is a lot something. A lot of it's getting in crazy good reviews. They've already mm-hmm. a lot of people already locked it in as the the animated winner this year, and some people are potentially saying it's going to be nominated for Best Picture. Wow. So we'll see. I mean, a lot of people really really love it. But I think that'll cut into it a bit. You still people are still going to see Thor. That just passed seven hundred million worldwide. So that's doing really well. We'll see. I, I think that. We'll get they'll get another bite at the apple with the DCU, but with Aquaman already filmed, I think, and so we'll see. I I liked the movie, but I don't know. Yeah, we had uh, I, I think you and I both liked it more than we expected to. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna uh, make sure to link, to, of course, to Jared Buckendall's YouTube channel as we always do. We're gonna have a ride home for that up, um, so you can check out our more of of what we thought after we left Justice League, but. Uh, even though we liked it a little more than we expected to, I am not hopeful for the DCEU going forward. I mean, Wonder Woman obviously is going to have a big pull, but mm-hmm. everything else about the DCEU does not instill confidence in me at all. I, I'm, ex- I'm excited for uh, Aquaman. I thought he did really well in the in the movie and in Justice League, and I think that, that the, the movie, standalone movie could be good. I know... Like Willem Dafoe was supposed to be in Justice League, and his scenes got cut, and so he's 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 already confirmed as a character in Aquaman. He was supposed to be introduced in Justice League, but um, so they got they got a few stars lined up for that movie. They I know Flashpoint is still being talked about, and it sounds like which will kind of break into another piece of news we got here. But I think that's going to realign some things for the DCEU, and in, in terms of where we're going with some things like the, the story, the overall story, because it came out recently that Matt Reeves, who's going to be the director for the next Batman movie, which is going to be a, tr- a trilogy, he uh, he said it's not going to be a prequel of any kind. It's not going to fall outside of the current DCU. It's going to be in this current universe. It's going to follow continuity. So we'll see how that works. Um, ben Affleck has said he's probably not coming back. So there's also rumors of like Jake Gyllenhaal taking over that role. So... That could potentially shift things with Flashpoint. We'll see. I uh, what do you think of Jake Gyllenhaal as Batman? I don't mind it. I I, I like I like Ben Affleck a lot. I like him as as Bruce Wayne, and I like. 
I don't know. I, I like I like Ben Affleck in general. I think he's a really good actor, even though he's had some stinkers in the past. But uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is a good, definitely a good actor, and I, I he looks like Bruce Wayne. I mean, he he's a I don't know how tall he is, but he's a he's got a you know big jaw, you know square jaw, and he's got black hair, and he looks like Bruce Wayne. So he's obviously a Academy Norm, Academy Award nominated actor in the past. So I don't know. I like Gyllenhaal. I think he would make a good Batman. I don't think he can convincingly look like Affleck or older than Affleck. Yeah. I don't know what they can do to make him look older than Affleck. I don't know what they're going to do there. I, 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 it'll, the Flashpoint, I think, will change things. You know what I would, you know what I think, and tell me what you think of this. Don't you think it would make a lot more sense, and probably they don't have the time to do this, but don't you think that Gyllenhaal would make a really good Robin turned. Nightwing turned Batman. Like, don't you think he makes more sense as that kind of progression that rather than just being Bruce Wayne? Yeah, that could be really interesting. A, D- a Dick Grayson. That, that I could character. dig. Yeah. Even if they just brought him in as Nightwing. They don't even have to start him in as, no. as Robin. Yeah. Um, give Jake Gyllenhaal a Nightwing movie. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be dope. I'd love cool. that. That'd be interesting. It's just going to be really hard for people to reconcile that Ben Affleck is now Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I think. That's just I don't like, think they're going to do that. I, I think it's... I you think it'll be another character? Yeah. I don't, and I think potentially maybe Flashpoint pushes things back, and maybe he's just maybe he is a young Bruce Wayne, but in this current universe, I don't know. I, I also it also sounds like from what I've read about Flashpoint that, and this is just recent actually, that it's gonna it's gonna be somewhat Batman heavy, which also means that in Flashpoint Thomas Wayne is Batman, and he's like a darker Batman who kills people, which is also would mean that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is gonna be in that movie, which we. He's a guy with a bat, man. <laughs> but anyway, he uh, he's it's out. He'll have a larger role, which maybe when they come back from Flashpoint, they adjust a few things there, and maybe make Jake Gyllenhaal Batman in terms of maybe he's like Bruce Wayne's brother or something like that. Who knows? But I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's gonna DCEU seems to be just in a state of total disarray yeah right now they I don't think... know who's going to be acting as who. they don't know when each movie is coming out they don't know how many of each movie is coming out it's yeah. just i have honestly have no confidence in this whole universe going yeah. forward i would rather just see a bunch of standalone movies just yeah. make a bunch of standalone movies yeah. i don't need them to connect I, I agree with that with dc um but we'll see i don't know it's definitely going to be interesting um their competitors of course are the mcu mm-hmm. and specifically the avengers Sounds like we're getting closer to a trailer for the Infinity War. Sounds like early December we're going to get a, a full Avengers, probably teaser trailer, I would assume, but more than what we've had so far, which is just Thanos and his glove. So, his Infinity Gauntlet. So, we'll see. I, I, I'm excited to see the trailer, obviously. I mean, seeing all those characters again, it's going to be fun. And I don't know, I my guess is it's going to be alongside of um, Star Wars. Yeah. So. That would make the most sense, or unless they drop it on like a Monday Night Football to try to get their ESPN ratings up or something like that. Yeah. Um, but either way, it'll be on the Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, I'll be waiting in the lobby during that one. I I, I don't want to see the I don't want to see the trailer for Justice no? League at all or for um, Avengers at all. Even though you're not as high on the MCU. I, as not high as I am on the MCU, I definitely don't need it spoiled for me. Okay. If I already know what's going to happen, I'm definitely not high mm-hmm. on the MCU. So. Kind of along the lines, though, with, with uh, it's not MCU, but it's Marvel, Gambit, 
the which has been announced for several years. It's been in development hell for a yeah. while. And starring supposed to be starring Channing Tatum has now kind of gotten back into the discussion again of being actually made. They have a release date of February 2019 coming out, and they've added a new star, uh, a new a new female lead in Lizzie Kaplan from. I know her best from Hot Tub Time Machine. She's been in some other stuff, though. But uh, it, it's just good that they're... Well, I don't know if it's good. <laughs> we'll see. Because from rumors, it sounds like it's, you know, obviously that, you know, Fox could potentially sell, you know, some of this this library to Marvel. And obviously Gambit would be included if they sell the X-Men. So, But I, I would... I, obviously, I'd like, I'd like to see Channing Tatum be in that role. I like him. Anything he does, anything that he does, I've enjoyed. Except for I haven't seen Magic Mike. Cody has. Uh, I like him in Magic Mike. He's kind of <laughs> cool. He doesn't have to do a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that... I think a couple things about this. One, I don't think this is a good idea in general. No. no. I uh, I think no one gives a shit about Gambit. Other than comic book fanboys, no one cares about Gambit. I think more people than you think. He was a big part of the animated series, which a lot of people really enjoy the animated series. Yeah, but those people are all now 24 to 30 year old nerds. Mm-hmm. With, you know, like... And, yeah, that can get you a long way in terms of a comic book movie, but the average everyday person who's going to take their kids, like... But what what about Deadpool? I mean, Deadpool is the same way. I mean, it was... Yeah. And even more so. He, even Deadpool was even more of a cult. Obscure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that if you get a star like Channing Tatum behind it, I think more people go than you think. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely room for this to be successful. I just think it's unnecessary and stupid. And I, I really don't like what they've been doing lately with casting these huge movie stars as these superheroes. I, I just don't... Like, when they did The Avengers, Robert Downey Jr. wasn't doing shit. Um, Chris, Hems- Man, yeah. Chris Hemsworth didn't matter. Yeah. Um, Scar jo was maybe probably the biggest star of the MCU. Mark <laughs> Ruffalo was only in indie movies. None of these guys mattered at all before mm-hmm. they were superheroes. And so you were able to believe them as the superheroes. Now we've got, um, Brie Larson now is going to be playing, uh, Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like Paul Rudd as Ant-Man and you've got Benedict Cumberbatch as Dr. Strange and all these big, huge stars. Chris Pratt is Star-Lord. I don't go to the movies to watch Star-Lord. I go to watch Chris Pratt now. And I think that that's a problem because I'm going to watch movie stars. I'm not going to watch the characters that they're playing. You know what I mean? Tobey Maguire, when he was cast as Spider-Man, was an excellent and believable Spider-Man because you didn't know who Tobey Maguire was before that. He's a good Peter Parker. He was an excellent... Well, okay. He's better <laughs> Peter Parker than he was a Spider-Man. But if I go to Gambit to watch Channing Tatum, then they're going to write him as Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be Channing Tatum throwing cards around at a bunch of people. <laughs> and I, I think that that's a problem. I totally understand it. You want to mm-hmm. draw in more people with the movie star. I totally get it. I just don't think it's right for the movie. I, and, you know, I, I don't like the direction that these things are going. I think oh, the stars are seeing these movies make a billion dollars. Get me in one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just happening. That said, I really like Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. And I think his movie could be really cool. Especially with him as this sort of Bayou dude, mm-hmm. uh, chucking around the cards and stuff, and it's in the X Men universe, so potentially there's maybe Deadpool involved. That's been kind of the the thought is that maybe because at the end of Deadpool we got a, a Cable. He even said Cable's going to be in the next one. Mm-hmm. Maybe we get something like that at the end of Deadpool too. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you definitely have uh, Cable to Cable's going to be in Deadpool too. Mm-hmm. That's been uh, confirmed and stuff. So, I think that it could be cool. Um, I don't know. I, I'm less optimistic for this movie specifically, but I'm glad that they're going back to making it because everyone had thought they had bailed. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, here's an interesting thing, and I, I didn't tell you about this before actually, but one of the uh, one of the big shows on Nickelodeon when we were kids. Mm-hmm. If you remember this, do you remember Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. Are You Afraid of the Dark? If you don't know, is a sort of anthology. Um, thriller slash horror show for kids uh scared the shit out of me oh yeah when i was a kid holy cow uh now it sounds like are you afraid of the dark is getting a movie yeah and the one of the writers from it is going to be writing are you afraid of the dark this has me very excited (laughs) i think it could be super interesting does that get you charged up is this the kind of i now i know you rarely go to horror movies yeah but based on this nickelodeon movie it writer i know you liked it does this sound like the kind of thing you might want to go see? No, because I hated Dark Period of the Dark when I was a kid. I, I always turned the fucking channel when that show was on. It did, it scared the shit out of me. It was a terrifying show. Yeah. It really was. Uh, I'm definitely a supercharged up for this. I, I think that um, it could be really cool. Because there's no canon. There's no plot. There's yeah. no characters you have to pull up from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. But you know going in, it's going to be... It's going to scare the fuck out of kids. Yeah. Like... <laughs> That was what's messed up about that show is it was like they just they they took what every kid is afraid of and just made it into a, a show constantly and like why would you do that that's awful <laughs> like that's the Nickelodeon is all about fun there's like Keenan and Kel and all this all this shit and then we got Are You Afraid of the Dark where it was like a half hour of kids getting the pants scared off them and as a kid you're like oh no it's gonna be me that's so stupid you know how many nightmares they created <laughs> I love it. I think it's amazing. Uh, definitely something that I'm excited to see. I just still, I still remember like the the Are You Afraid of and the, the Dark? Match. Yeah, and the match. Yep, that was awesome. That still gives me. It still gives me the heaves just thinking about yeah. it. It makes me creeped out, and yep. I, ooh, yeah, it's gonna be sweet. I'd much rather see an Aureal Monsters movie than that. Oh God, I don't know. All I know is uh, every kid I know whose parents trust me to hang out with them, I'm taking them to that movie. <laughs> <laughs> fucking yell about how scary it is also in the room of horror uh i thought this was kind of an interesting story came out last week it sounds like the movie get out which was a huge hit Mm. one of the biggest horror films in years uh uh, directed by jordan peele uh came out in february of this year Mm -hmm. it sounds like it's going to be considered as a comedy for the golden globes this year Mm -hmm. a lot of people not happy about this yeah for one thing because it's very clearly billed as a horror movie for another uh if you haven't seen the movie it's very racially charged and Mm -hmm. it talks a lot about race relations and racism and a lot of people are saying this is belittling to that plight Mm -hmm. the plight of the african-american um to call it a funny comedy that we're not supposed to take seriously Uh, a lot of folks say that's insulting i um I have some opinions about this, but I want to hear yours first. Do you do you think this? Do you think it matters that they're calling it a comedy instead of a instead of anything else? Well, I, I haven't seen the movie, uh, which isn't it going to be on streaming here soon? Like, yeah, it's on HBO now. Is it right now? Yeah. I'll, I'll have to check that out. Especially, I think it's going to be nominated for some things. Yeah. Obviously, the Golden Globes already said. I think it's hard because a movie like this has never really been nominated for anything. Mm-hmm. 
and I think if 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 I'm I personally don't believe it should be a a comedy. I think it should be probably a drama if you're going to nominate it. But I mean, horror and and comedy are super closely related in terms of writing and and just the style, which is I mean not they they're completely different, but they're also extremely similar. Um, a lot of people consider them the same type of thing. So I, I think that maybe where traditional type of people in the industry thought that would go and they put it there but i don't know yeah it's very tricky because i think that comedy is the place where the movie has the best chance to succeed Mm -hmm. i think that if you put this movie up against i don't know what's gonna be daddy's home (laughs) too and the house yeah like it should clean up every award. If 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 Get Out is considered a comedy, mm-hmm. then it should win every acting award and the best comedy award. If it truly is a comedy. So, the, I don't know if you've seen you, how close you pay attention to Golden Globes in the past, but it's comedy and drama, mm-hmm. or comedy and musical for that category. Right. And you don't see movies like that, like the The Martian, the year that it was nominated that was, one was best was, comedy. It was best comedy and, and musical. Which that movie's funny, but it's it's a drama, and it was nominated for best picture right. in Oscars that year. So I mean, it's it's not going to be up against you know actual comedies, right? But I don't know. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see what I. So there's a couple sides to this. One, yes, I think it's definitely super degrading to call this comedy. A, but two, I think that calling it a comedy and getting it nominated is going to get it the most visibility mm-hmm. and I, I, I it's more important to me that people watch this movie mm-hmm. it, it, regardless of what they say about it as long as it's nominated people are going to watch it mm-hmm. and it's it's more important to me that people watch it mm-hmm. and so whatever it is they have to do to get it out in front of people and get people nominated this movie's fantastic mm-hmm. it's honestly it's probably my favorite movie this year and in a year where spider-man came out <laughs> so i think that any way that they can get people out in front who deserve there were excellent performances all over this movie the writing the directing everything about this movie was fantastic so if it can win some awards get some attention and more people can see it better for it yeah but i i i I can't disagree with people who say that this is kind of insulting to to people who relate to the themes of this movie Mm -hmm. it's kind of insulting to call it funny yeah and um, so while I completely understand that, I think there are some times when you have to take a step back and say this is better, even though it sucks in the short run, it's better in the long run that people are going to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of my opinion on the thing. Yeah. So, uh, Seth, you know I am super excited for the next Tarantino movie mm-hmm. to come out. Uh, it's been told in the past it's going to kind of be um, part of, big part of the plot is going to be Charlie Manson and yeah. the murder of Sharon Tate, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the movie's finally found a home with the studio. With Sony. Sony Pictures. Uh, I've also heard and included in this deal, too, is that Tarantino has complete creative control. He's got final, he's got the final cut, so, which I know is, doesn't sound like a big deal, but, but it is for a lot of, a lot of directors, and Tarantino has complete creative control. Everything is his final decision, which is great. He's, he's got a great back-end deal, and he got paid a lot of money to come there, too. A lot of people thought Warner Brothers would be the, the, the home for it, and Sony had went and out because I think because of the creative, uh, creative control. So I, I'm excited for it. I, I, Tarantino, I'm not a, like a, a huge Tarantino fan. Like you are, I enjoy his movies that I've seen, and I need to go back and rewatch some of them and watch some of them for the first time. But 
I, I'm excited for this one. This one this one sounds really interesting to me. And with some of the stars they're talking about coming into it, like Tom Cruise has been rumored and Brad Pitt has been rumored and uh, it there's there's a couple I think Margot Robbie has but has talked about coming coming back to Tarantino films, so I don't know. Man, if if Tom Cruise is in a Tarantino movie, I'm gonna crap in my pants. <laughs> flat out, no, no, no. Way. I'm gonna wear depends to that movie. Yeah. Because I'm gonna poop in him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so obviously the reason this is even news at all is because um, traditionally Tarantino has been tied with Weinstein. Yeah. And there, that whole obviously the Harvey Weinstein news has been coming out. He's a piece of shit, and so it's been looking for a new home. Uh, I think Sony is being smart here. I, mm-hmm. I think you offer him the most money, you offer him the most creative control, and it's going to pay off for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, people are going to go see Tarantino movies. They always have. They, mm-hmm. They've been traditionally doing very well. It's the name recognition. Exactly. And so anyone who... I, I, I feel sorry for whatever studio tried to tell him that they would get Final Cut. Like, mm-hmm. really, you dumb fucking idiot? You yeah. tell Tarantino he can't have Final Cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, so props to, props to Sony for not being so prideful that they wouldn't offer it to him. Man, every time I hear news about this, I get more and more excited. It's still going to be a couple years out. Yeah, 2019 is when it comes out. Yep. So uh, more to come on that, but man, it could be interesting. Yeah. It sounds like they... While originally they talked about it just being about Charlie Manson and the Manson murders, maybe it might be more broad. I've heard... No, I, so what I've heard is that Charlie Manson is just kind of a background. Like, it's, yeah. the story's not about him at all. It, he is just kind of there. Right. So So it's more about just the year. I think the year was 1969. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. And <laughs> so I think it's more broad, but specifically the, the Manson part is all we know about mm-hmm. it right now. And I think that and we've talked about this before, Tarantino handling Manson and the whole cult thing yeah, uh, could be really, really interesting. Probably way more interesting than American Horror Story. Because <laughs> that was terrible. Um, if you think about it too, looking back at other, one, I mean, one specific Tarantino film, look at Inglourious Bastards. I mean, that, while the whole thing was not the whole plot, but I mean, the it was kind of initially based off of killing Hitler. It wasn't about that. Right. You know, it, it, it was about you know the the whole cast of characters and and their stories and everything like that. So I think that'll be play play pretty similar in this with Charlie Manson being something that draws people in and what people recognize, but it's really about you know whoever the stars are and and the story with them. Yep. Yeah, he can definitely draw draw in an audience with some sort of historical landmark. Mm-hmm. But and in Inglorious Bastards, uh, it doesn't go the way history says it should go. Mm-hmm. He, he's not. He's willing to change history some. Mm-hmm. So while it might be based off of the Manson murders, it could go any number. You're not gonna. You're not gonna go in this movie knowing the way it ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I, one of the things I like about Tarantino. He's, yeah. He doesn't tie himself down to historical fact, yeah. which is is pretty cool. The last bit of news is especially exciting for us <laughs> uh, because it comes to us out of Iowa. It sounds like the very small. The very small town of Elkader, Iowa, <laughs> just a few hundred people in eastern Iowa, they are the David to a very big Goliath, and they're not <laughs> backing down, it sounds like. Yeah, with uh, it's, I, I, do we, I don't know if we talked about it in the podcast, with Star Wars, they are throwing out a bunch of demands for theater showing the movie, and one of them is that it has to have it has to be in the theaters for at least four weeks and it has to be in like the prime theater for at least four weeks and El Cater has only one prime theater because they only have one theater one <laughs> screen and I mean to their credit I mean they and the reason they said they're not going to show Star Wars is because 
they can't afford to show one movie for four weeks in a row. And I think that's that's going to be a case for not only just like a small town like Al-Qaeda, but so there's some medium-sized towns like we're from Allwine, and they have two theaters, and I don't know if they can afford to do Star Wars for four weeks. They're probably going to because they want people to come to the theater. But, I mean, you, having a movie in there for that long when you're not someone that has, you know, eight to 16 screens or 32 screens or how many you have, it, it's, it's tough, I think. Yeah, this definitely hurts the small town theaters and the medium market, the mm-hmm. mid market theaters. Definitely, um, this is the kind of shit that, for one thing, I'm very proud of Alcatraz for doing that mm-hmm. because they're gonna lose some money. Yeah, flat out. I really fucking hate Disney mm-hmm. in general <laughs> because this is the kind of shit they do. Mm-hmm. Disney and Apple, they both do this kind of shit. Yeah, they put all these crazy restrictions and um, specific types of. Like, have you ever seen an iP- uh, iPhone charger? Yeah. It's a USB-C charger, mm-hmm. just with a couple extra shits on it. Yeah. So that it, so that you can pay extra for it. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of stuff that Apple does, and it's the kind of stuff that Disney does. They put all these extra restrictions on so that they can squeeze out just a little bit more money out of these out of these theaters. Yeah. And it's, it's really fucking terrible that they do that. And they're going to get away with it, mm-hmm. because people are still going to go to Star Wars. People in Elkader are going to drive to the next town to see Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And they understand that, and that's okay. Um, <clears throat> so I understand that in a market economy, this is the kind of thing that happens. But, um, fuck you, Disney. That's <laughs> such a dick move. It's Star Wars. You're going to deprive people of Star Wars <laughs> because they don't give you what you want. Like, how much of a dickhead can you be? I, I hate, I really hate this move. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on, I don't know if you are as a Disney hater like I am, but this, I mean, this is really bullshit, right? The way that yeah, Disney's treating this whole thing. I don't like the the limits that they're putting on it, but I mean, I, I, I'm glad that Elkater's doing that because I would do the same thing if I was running a theater and I didn't, you know, I only had one screen like that and I didn't have the option. Same time though, I, like for me, yes, they'll lose money, but... And, and I'm going to see Star Wars, but it's, I mean, it's at the same time, it's not the NLBL for everyone. I don't think everyone's going to go see that movie. Um, you're going to get a lot of people to go, but I mean, I think Al-Qaeda could throw in a couple other movies and they'll be okay. Yeah. You know, Star Wars isn't a huge deal for everyone. It is for a lot of people and it's, people are really passionate about it. But I think that, I think that Disney is, and they're trying to make it the whole exclusive thing and, and, you know, make it feel all you know fancy and and great but at the same time it's like it's not it's not the only thing out there you know so yeah exactly except for that one week because no one wants to go against star wars yeah (laughs) um so uh, props to you all cater you get a soco (laughs) shout out for uh standing tall and not giving in to disney's crazy fucking psycho demands well, that said, uh, once again, don't forget to go out to YouTube and find Jared Buckendall. He's at Jared Buckendall. That's where you can find all of his movie reviews and, of course, The Ride Home as well. Don't forget to check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever it is you get podcasts uh, so that you can be the first to know whenever we drop a new episode. Um, Twitter, you can find us at uh, Seth O'Ott, at underscore Cody Michael, and of course at Soko Show Pod. Uh, don't forget to go leave us a review on Podknife and follow them on Twitter at Podknife. Make sure you come back next week. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's coming to Netflix in December, of course, as uh, 
as we get into the final month of the year, a lot of changes, uh, as always, to the different streaming services. Spoiler so, alert. We'll Bill t- Nye Saves the World. Bill Nye Saves the World will be among the highlights for sure. <laughs> uh, and we can't wait to talk about that for you. Bill, 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 Bill. <laughs> In the meantime, hey, uh, have a happy Thanksgiving, folks. Uh, enjoy turkey and pie, hopefully pumpkin pie, with uh, with your families. We will see you uh, in a week from now for episode 18. This has been... No. That'll be episode 20. Was this episode 19? Yeah. Oh, shit. Leave it in. <laughs> we'll see you in a week from now. <laughs> we'll see you a week from now for episode number 20. That's going to be a big one. Woo! This is Cody Michael for Seth Ott. We're signing off, and we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye. 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 Bye.